Welcome to the Mabea Property Podcast, bringing you expert insights and personal stories from the ever-changing Costa del Sol real estate market. Remember, in the world of property, knowledge pays the best interest. Hello, welcome back to the Mabea Property Podcast. I'm Camilla Liftinger and uh, opposite me is sitting Gretel. Hello, Gretel. How are you today? Hi, Camilla. Still continuously good. Very excited about the next topic. Yes, and today we are talking about holiday rentals, understanding management services, costs and benefits. And our guest today on the show is Jana, representing the company Suncoaster Estates, located in Calahonda. So hello, Jana. Um, and I would like to start with a question of how long have you been into Mabea and what brought you here? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, <laughs> hello. Um well, this is my third time living in Spain. So initially I came um, almost 28 years ago. Um, this time um, I have been here just over four years and um, we've been with Sun Costa um, just over four years. Third time is the charm, right? Third time <laughs> is the charm. I intend to stay. And how did you get into the holiday rental business? By accident, completely by accident. Applied for a job and... It was literally, I, I was not looking for specifically holiday rental business, but it's just how it worked out. And but you I'm, also work as an agent. You do sales also, right? But yes, correct. Yes. So, so Suncoaster Estates is doing sales, management. but also a big part of the company's management and holiday rentals, correct? Definitely. Probably a bigger part of the company is management and rentals. Um, and and the sales is, is probably um, represents maybe a third of, of the company. Okay. So a busy job all year around, I imagine, no, on the coast. Definitely, mm. definitely, yes. So maybe you tell a little bit uh, to the listeners, what is a short-term rental management um, company do and, you know, what, what are the services exactly? So if I'm, if I'm listening and interested in, in contracting it, for example. So the service we offer is um, obviously mainly for um, second home owners who do not live here mm -hmm. um, and what, wish to um, rent their properties out for holidays. But it is very difficult to manage it yourself if you are not present, um, if you are in a different country. So um, we um, offer to be there, um, you know, to look after their property on their behalf when they are not here. So one side of it is management. Uh, management means that we uh, keep an eye on the property. We inspect it regularly when the property is empty, make sure um, that there are no issues in terms of um, structure, damp, pests. Mm -hmm. um, nobody's tried to break in. Um, there are no leaks coming from neighbouring properties. Um, obviously, this mainly ap applies to apartments. Um Etc. So we um, so we do that on a regular basis. We also offer uh, cleaning services and laundry services to our owners, and when they visit or when their friends and family come to visit, um, we can prepare. We can give out keys to their friends and family to tradespeople. We can let them in. We liaise uh, if necessary with their uh, communities. Um, the gardeners and so forth. So that's that's the management side. Sounds busy. It yes, <laughs> it is. It's it is busy. Um, and then the other side is is the short term rental. So not everybody that uh, whose property we manage actually rents out. So it's probably out of approximately hundred properties we manage, um, about sixty five um, rent hmm. uh, rent it out for holidays. Um, and so then we offer a complete um, rental service and uh, I'm sure we're going to go into more details yeah. um, later, but basically it means that they don't have to do anything. Um, we take care of everything from bringing in the clients um, to um, obviously taking the money, 
cleaning keys, registering with them, the client, uh, the guests with the police and so forth. So headache-free business. Completely. Okay. Completely. Yeah, well, headache-free think... for your client, not for yourself, of no, course. No, no, not for us. Because it sounds us. like we, a lot of we work. Take, yes, <laughs> yeah. we, take, we take the headache yeah, from... upon ourselves. Yeah. We do, we do. Yeah, so I think one of the questions, you know, that I had, you know, who is this service really aimed at? You know, you already answered pretty well. You know, it's it's for the second homeowners, you know, people that don't necessarily live here. But, you know, why not if you if you also, you know, um, get more than one property, you know, once you own five, six, seven properties, it might also, you know, become, even if you live here, it might become, you know, tedious to, to manage that. And, you know, you might be looking to outsource and, and, and you know, give this uh, for somebody else to, to manage, you know, with one property, I guess it's yeah. easy enough for everybody to take care of their own, but, you know, with multiple properties. But your average client is using the property, like, your, for example, lives in the UK, comes for, let's say, six, eight weeks a year, and the rest they want to rent. Or Also, do you have clients who are pure, like, investors who bought the property just basically only to rent out and never use it? Majority of our clients do use the property themselves as well. Yeah, no? Um, yes, for, for some less, some more. Uh, but majority, yes, they do. Okay. Uh, but we do have um, some who are uh, who have bought the the property purely for investment and for rental. Yeah, yeah I guess but it's a many. desirable location to have a second home. So a lot of people would be would be looking to use it themselves. And just out of curiosity, also, how do you, you to promote the property? So when you say that you know you you are also responsible for getting the bookings and the clients, do you also use the average platforms of your booking and Airbnb or, you know, uh, is there a lot of direct bookings to have your own booking system? Um. So we have our own website, which is linked to a uh, booking system called Avantio, which a lot of companies use. Um, and uh, through that booking portal, um, we are linked to also third party portals and websites such as uh, Verbo, which is one of the biggest ones. Mm. Um, and several others as well. Um, but Verbo? I, sorry, I never be, heard about it. But It's is it, VRBO. Uh-huh. Uh, it's US called, clients, a lot of it, I guess. And it's, um, it's, We get all over Europe. Mm. Some from, not so many from US, but we, we get from UK, from Spain, through VRBO. It used to be called Home Away. Ah, okay. And they changed a couple of years ago, they changed to VRBO. Ah, okay. I know, actually, this name has come up a lot in the last, uh, you know, year, year and a half, I feel. I think they're getting a bigger market share um, in Spain. They are. And actually, Expedia has bought them out. Uh-huh. Okay. Because that's why I also consider, because, you know, my properties are personal, Airbnb and Booking.com. Mine and too, I've kind yeah. of considered, you know, adding a, a third platform. But I always thought it's the... US client who's the end user of that, you know. Um, so that's an interesting one. And not that I want to avoid US clients, but, yeah. you know, so. <laughs> no, mainly we, d we get very few US mm -hmm. clients. Um, Is there any platforms you don't use? We don't use Airbnb. Why? Mm -hmm. And we don't use Booking. Ah. We tried Booking.com. Unfortunately, um, we found it quite difficult to, to work through them. Yeah, I agree. Um They, they they messed up <laughs> with our pricing when we tried to set it up. Um, we are we like to we find that we don't actually need to work with them. Two thirds of our bookings, if not more, actually come directly through Which is our great. website. That's oh, wow. fantastic. Um, yes, uh, we have a lot of repeat business. Um, the the kind of clientele we get. Um, are, um, and that's probably due to the area we're in, in, in Kalahonda. Um, it's not a party town, mm -hmm. so we don't get a lot of young people coming for a few nights. Um, you know, that's not the type of accommodation we, we offer. So it's more families and older people. Um, and especially with older people, they like, to come back to somewhere yeah. but that they, they know, know and mm -hmm. are familiar with. So we get a lot of, of repeat business. Just yes. explaining our listeners, because we've been talking about the different areas and also we've mentioned Kalahonda in the past episodes, and this is actually also where I live. Mm -hmm. So I just would like to explain that uh, Kalahonda is located in Mijas Costa, and it's basically right in the middle between Fuengirola and Marbella. So if listeners are not so familiar with the Costa del Sol, you have a little bit an idea where it is, about 15 minutes drive to Marbella. Yes, it's 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 a very green um, area, low rise, 
uh, certainly the lower part. Uh, lots of pine trees, so yeah. people it's do nice. like it. It's nice. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's nice. So uh, what I wanted to ask is, do you choose the properties you work with or do you accept like any and all inquiries if somebody wants to work with you? But I guess that you kind of also covered that by saying, I assume the property needs to be in Galahonda at least, no? On that uh, area. Or, or the vicinity. Mm-hmm. We go, f- we do have properties sort of uh, up to Elveria, mm-hmm. um, from Riviera mm-hmm. to Elveria. So we try to uh, keep the... the the geographical mm-hmm. area fairly tight mm-hmm. um, because of logistics, yeah. uh, especially in the busy periods with cleaners, yeah. um, because the schedules are very, very tight with turnovers. So we don't want the distances for, for the cleaners to travel um, to be too long. Also, we try to keep it contained in terms of things like um, keys, you know, because um, we, we are very much very close to all the properties that but we rent out our office so and that seems to work quite well for for the guests picking up keys are you but you do a personal check-in service or you no, work with keybox we uh, they collect it at your office right? they collect it and drop it back in our office we don't have the capacity to to personal um, we we try to keep the costs down by we have a small team yeah um with 60 odd properties we just yeah, uh, coming mean, at all hours in the summer we don't have the capacity to do per- personal check-in especially in summer obviously this is the booming time here for rentals yeah. uh, how many cleaners you have working for you or you i guess you do you work with a with a um, with a cleaning company or you you have your we own we have cleaners? we have um uh, throughout the year we have one cleaner on contract one yes wow. in the summer we have um usually uh we have well last summer we had two cleaners on contract plus we work with other ones who are autonomous yeah okay, so we contract sense. it out yes because yes. if you have 60 properties and they're all checking out at the same time then it's going to get very yeah, busy I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> they don't always no, obviously because no. we don't do you know we're, we're flexible in terms of um checking days and yeah. changeover days we don't say like it has to be friday to friday or saturday to saturday they can come at whichever day yeah. um but and we also try to um well not we try we do keep it to seven day minimum yeah i do rental. that also yeah, yeah we don't offer one or two days yeah. not like hotels we just and talking about the um, season what do you consider being the peak months and the shoulder months and the off season so for us, obviously, July and August are peak season, mm-hmm. uh, especially August um, because of, um, well, of obviously reasons mm-hmm. with the school holidays uh, for families, but also for the Spanish. We get a lot of Spanish uh, clients coming from Madrid and northern mm-hmm. Spain in August, which is when all the Spanish mm-hmm collectively go on holiday when it gets busy here so, <laughs> when everything shuts down yeah yeah <laughs> exactly. so so yes um so that's the peak season and um, we usually completely mm-hmm. full full in that time the other busy time for us is january february march really i was just saying in my opinion based on my properties january february march is like the quietest quarter not for us because that's when we get the um, what we call long-term rentals, but um, in fact they are f- people who come to escape the winter for one month, six weeks, two months, mm-hmm. up to three months. Uh-huh. And uh, usually in that period we are around 65% full. Okay, interesting. Um, again, these are mostly repeat clients, mm-hmm. uh, mainly from Scandinavia and Germany. Mm-hmm. But we've had quite a few Estonians as well, mm-hmm. recent in the recent few years. Um, who, uh, yeah, so they basically escape the cold in their own country, and then. And how do you structure the the rate? Then you charge them weekly rate, or you know. Um, yes, we, there is a um, a special discount for any any bookings over four weeks. Mm-hmm they get 35% discount on the weekly rate. Okay. And how does it compare? Because, I mean, a lot of people, like I've seen some of the posts in the, on these online communities, you know, somebody wanting to come and stay a month, but I also feel then, you know, the budget that they sometimes shout out, you know, it's like, 
it's what an average monthly rental price is. But obviously, if you take a property for one month, you can't expect the same price that, you know, if you will be renting it long term. Obviously, a better price than a nightly renter on Airbnb. But I mean, I think there needs to be an average medium, right? Correct. Yes, I've seen the same in in uh, in the Facebook groups. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people, oh, um, you know, they are looking for to come for two, two or three months. Their, their budget monthly budget is what you would expect to pay on a long-term rent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. True, um, I come across Which that. is obviously a completely different yeah. type of, of rental and, and different type of pricing. Yeah. So, um, yes, I mean, I would say it, our monthly price works out in the winter season um, approximately maybe at least 50% more 50 to 70 percent more than a, a normal okay. long term. So still, you know, profitable for price. the owners as well, you know. And what kind of services are in that case included? Because uh, you still offer like a weekly cleaning or it just depends on the, no, you know, you hand it over and you get the apartment back, you clean it up for the next one, yeah? Correct. Yeah, we still, um, they get extra laundry mm-hmm. that they can then change. They can request cleaning, mm-hmm. which um, the guests can pay for and yeah. we can provide. Okay. So if they want a weekly clean, absolutely, we can provide that. Um, but that would be charged um, on the side, yeah. Extra, yes, of course. Uh, yeah. On, on top. And on the longer term rentals, this is something else that a lot of the owners are concerned about um, is the electricity bill. So mm-hmm. um, obviously with air conditioning, mm-hmm. that's used for heating as well as cooling. Um, the long-term rentals, what we class long-term rentals, so anything over four weeks, um, they do, we do charge electricity separately. So they do get a a discount on the, on the um, rental. Yeah. um, But we have a set charge per day. Ah, you have a set charge per day. We have a set charge. Yeah, because the bills, they come like two months later. Exactly. And it gets very complicated trying to read the meter, work it out from the day. Because the bill, obviously, the bills are never to, to from that day when yeah. they entered. So, so uh, just to get an idea, a regular two bed two bath apartment in the winter time, how much you, would you charge extra for electricity or uh, more or less? We would we we charge six euros a day. Okay. Interesting. And do you also, uh, because you said that you're usually in the summer, obviously it's seven days, uh, like a week minimum, let's yes. say. Do you reduce it in the winter for the people that want to, you know, want to keep it on the short term rent? Do you reduce it after July and August? Like you also rent them out for three nights or you keep no. it like one week minimum basically throughout we, the year? It is one week minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, we can um, we can do five nights. Okay, yeah. So um, it's still unless, a decent state. Yeah, yes, but mm-hmm. absolute minimum is five nights in the off season. So what's the quietest month for you if you say that January uh, too much? Well, November okay. is quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and strangely enough, and I don't know why, mm-hmm. June is quiet. I it's, experienced the same. I was always struggling most strange. to rent June for my yeah. apartment. I was like, I yeah. think it then depends on the area because for me, I would say... Yeah, I guess you it know, depends on the area. I always think that the first quarter of the year, but also it's like uh, Christmas and New Year's, for example, is not necessarily a busy time. No. Because no. I think then people prefer to go to the center of Marbella, you know. But uh, June, I mean, I had times when I... I, I put, I personally, on my properties, the pricing in June, July, August... It's the same. It's the same now. Yeah, okay, but I really think it depends on the area. If you're basically yeah. closer to the beach, yeah. it's different than because when my properties are, I know there is certain events in June yeah, that yeah. bring the crowd. You know, yeah, yeah, so true. Mm, <laughs> yeah. insider's knowledge. So, Jana, walk me through the steps that a client has to do or you have to do when you start preparing the property for short-term rental. Well, obviously, it depends on the property and how much preparation the the owner has done already. Mm-hmm. So that very much depends on that. Sometimes um, the owners come to us and, and the property is absolutely completely ready. Mm-hmm. We don't need to do anything mm-hmm. apart from setting it up on our system. Um, but there are we have a list of requirements, obviously, that we provide to the owners that, ha- you know, um, things that have to be in the apartment, that uh, what equipment... Mm-hmm. Um, and so forth. So the first step, obviously, is the tourist license. Um, you assist with that as well, with application? Uh, so not us, but we can put in touch with the Hesteria mm-hmm. that we use and they 
provide that service so they mm-hmm. can apply for the tourist license as well as 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 long as there is the first occupation license in place. Do you know more or less what's the cost of the uh, of the applying for the tourist license or what they charge? You know, let's say that I have a property and I, I have the LPO, but I haven't uh, got the tourist uh, touristic license I want to rent. Do you know more or less what they charge? They charge something around 150, 170 okay. euros for the so service. Not expensive. And it doesn't take too long either. Does it does it? not take long, mm-hmm. no. Not no. at all. No. Maybe a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. No, yeah. I just had a friend who asked recently, so yeah. you're welcome. For a <laughs> <laughs> Asking uh, for a friend, so, you're welcome. Yeah, so, yeah, so we can put in touch with them. And and um, uh, they also um, can assist with um, doing taxes for our, and they do assist with uh, doing taxes and tax returns for a lot of our owners as well, the uh-huh, quarterly, quarterly tax sure. returns. And you earlier mentioned the word police, and that is something a lot of people don't know, um, and it involves the license. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Every guest has to be registered with the police, yeah, right? Yeah, so this is the Spanish law. Wherever you go to a hotel or even a campsite or or, or tourist department, um, the the guests have to be registered with uh, with the police. Um, and um, we, uh, we can do it through our booking system, booking platform. It's all set up. Mm-hmm. The guests, have, um, before they arrive, they have to do an online check-in where they put their um, ID, passport details in. And uh, the day they arrive, we send it automatically to the police. And that's required by law. And that is very important. And a lot of people who want to do a short-term rentals don't know about these things. And that's yeah. why it makes sense to use a company who deals with all that. Because exactly. otherwise, it's it can become compli- complicated. Yeah, they would have to have their own app. Yeah, correct. Uh, and it took me a long time to... somebody with a, a Spanish number, I believe, as yes, well. Yes, it's not easy. Yeah, to do it. Okay. Yeah. So, except the 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 legal part and mm-hmm. all these licenses, um, the preparation of the apartment. Yes. So, um, what we obviously check if there is aircon in in all the rooms, which is another requirement. That's a law by law. That is required uh, by law yeah. to have aircon in all rooms and uh, blackout curtains in the bedrooms. Um, we also go and check, obviously, if if. The, the apartment or the villa is equipped with everything that we expect to be there, things like oh, washing nice. machine, mm-hmm. um, you know, a toaster, a kettle. Um, Wi-Fi is a requirement that we certainly, uh, it's not a legal requirement. No, but, but that's for what us, clients want. Um, for us, we would not accept a property if they did not have um, Wi-Fi. So that's something else, and we can obviously um, assist them with arranging it. Oh, you would arrange this, right? So because we can, yeah, we can y- do. You said you give a list to the owner with the requirements you have, yeah. and if they don't want to deal with that, you would take over and prepare the apartment with everything it needs for you to yes. rent it. Correct. From, uh, um, if they are taking on our management package, then absolutely we can assist them with installing air conditioning, mm-hmm. um, installing internet. Um, if there is any furniture to be ordered, you can do all we that. Can all, we can do all that. We okay. can, you know, take it, assemble it wherever it comes from. You know, we can do all that. We can put in the first aid kit, which is also a legal I know, requirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff we can, we can, uh, yeah, we can help them with, of course. And talking about it, because uh, like you said, the legal requirements. So when you apply, you know, for the short term rental license and then you get the license and it says there as well, I believe that, you know, that uh, the town hall, whoever I think issues it, that, you know, they might come or they're going to come and check and verify that everything as is. Have you ever had somebody come and check the touristic license and that the property is actually, you know? Good <laughs> oh, question. Because, because yeah. they have 60, yeah. so obviously, you yeah. know, it's like you must have experienced some or? Not while I've been there, no. Okay. No. Well. I'm not sure whether they did. No, just when, because, you know, I have few properties, yeah. like I don't have that many, so I was like, maybe um, I'm lucky. I think when they br- first brought the law in, which was in 2016, mm-hmm. with the, about the tourist licensed, um, they, I think they did use to yeah. ch- do spot checks, um, but um, not now. 
No, no. No, I mean, not, not, no, in, I my haven't. not in my experience. But I remember they were talking about frightening uh, uh, fines for, for not having yes, the license. And I did. think that puts off a lot of people already to do it without. And also, when you get the rental license, you get this kind of number. Mm -hmm. And yes. without this number putting into, let's say, booking.com, Airbnb, or with companies like you, yeah. it wouldn't even be possible to publish this yeah. property. No, it no. blocks they it, will, I think, on no, the, the system. So, won't yeah. accept exactly. it. No. And that's like, you're right, you said, I think from 2016 or something yeah. like this when it became yeah. valid. So, But before we continue any further, we're going to take a short break. Enjoying the podcast? Then join our growing community on Facebook and follow us on Instagram for the latest updates. More information in the show notes. Okay, welcome back to the podcast with our guest Jana from Suncoast Estates, giving us some insight about the short-term rental procedures and management. We have now learned how to prepare a property and what is the legal side of the business to, um, yeah, to rent the property. And now let's talk a little bit about the costs of this service. So um, what fees do you charge to clients uh, what, and what does it include? So like I said before, we have... Um two services so one is management and 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 the other is rental so there are two separate um types of service we offer so there is an annual fee for the management um and it's approximately uh, around a thousand euros per year depending if it's a um an apartment or or a villa um And that includes um regular inspections so we inspect the property once a month we send If, when it's empty, um, we send the owner uh, a report of everything we've done. And that includes even things like flushing the toilet to make sure the water is going, the water yeah. is going and the traps have not gone and smells haven't gone, you know, etc. Things like that. Yeah. Um, and some owners ask us to do certain, you know, if they have some plants on the terrace, we'll, we'll water them and, and, and so forth. Um, also includes um, key service and um, for any of the um, owner's friends, family, um, if they have arranged a tradesman to come and do something in Works their apartment, in the we can um, let we let them in or if there's insurance, if there's an issue, issue with an insurance, and that's one of the biggest things, the owner's very much feel lost mm -hmm. having to deal with an in Spanish insurance company, which can be very long and arduous process. Yeah, especially when there's a language barrier also. Absolutely, no? yeah. absolutely. <clears throat> um, and the hardest ones are the ones that are through the bank. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And yeah. Um, <laughs> because if you take out a mortgage, you have to take out um, home insurance with the bank. That's a requirement from that goes with the mortgage so uh, dealing with them is is yeah but a little tip to the Hulkinson. listeners if you buy a property with a mortgage and you have to take this uh, insurance and usually you have you can cancel it and you do an insurance with a well-known company and i really recommend that yes i think after a year i just learned something yeah. i'm gonna go into and it same afterwards. same with um life insurance because you also they make you take life insurance out um Which again, after a year, you can cancel, even if you yeah. already have life insurance. But they also, separately. because it depends, yeah. because one of my mortgages is, for example, is tight that uh, I have the life insurance, but it's also a bonification. So I get a 0.5 yeah. better interest yes. rate than if I cancel Correct. it. So, I mean, in the end, if I'll... Uh, If I'll cancel and, you know, you have to just do the calculation, I guess, uh, you yeah. know, for you. So, but it depends, yeah. But yeah. especially if it comes to house insurance, and yes. I think this could be an important matter for a lot of people, mm -hmm. especially when you rent a property, there is a big difference between bank insurance. And although you get a little reduction on your mortgage, I always recommend to have a well-known company for your house insurance. Out Absolute, of your experience. Absolutely, they are, because um, part of my job especially for the first couple of years, I was um, the housekeeping maintenance supervisor and and one of my jobs in, was dealing with insurance companies. Um, and and I can tell you, yes, it's definitely much easier to deal with an actual insurance company yeah. rather than a bank. Yes. Yeah, because I guess I've been lucky. I really don't have like... Uh, Claims. 
I don't have claim. I mean, I had one claim. I had a break-in in one of the apartments, yeah, you know, so, but I mean, that's a very straightforward, you know, they pay you the... Yeah, but that also depends yeah. on the insurance, I think. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, mean that experience wasn't uh, painful, but obviously what uh, was the realization of, you know, it's like what you think is covered and what actually is covered. I mean, that's the, but I guess, you know, with the break-ins and, you know, here in the summer, I kind of, I didn't expect a lot much more, but... It was a wake-up call, you know, so for any, you know, more expensive valuables and, and things like this that you have to have a separate insurance. So it was an educational moment for sure. But, but also know. we speak Spanish, so it's easier for us to yeah. communicate with any insurance really. But if you are from Germany, from Estonia, mm. it's always good to talk in your language. Yes. But coming back so, to the yes, costs. So that's included. Mm. All okay. that kind of headache. Makes it worse. <laughs> is, is, is included. I'll buy one. <laughs> yes. Um If um, there is an issue at the apartment, um, you know, so they are here, for example, the owner themselves and their washing machine stops working and they can come to us and we'll organize um, either repair or replacement for them. Um, just little things like that. Okay. All, all that kind of stuff is is included in the uh, management service. Um, and I already mentioned the cost of that. So that's annual. And then the other side is the renting. Uh, with the renting, we um, take a commission, which is um, 30% plus EVA on apartments. It's less for villas. Okay. And it's also less for longer-term bookings, mm -hmm. the winter bookings. And for that, we do everything. So everything, everything, everything is included. So, so it also no includes the cost of laundry and the cleaning? Yes. Yes. Okay. We actually use our own laundry. We have our own laundry that mm -hmm. we use. It uses, uh, yeah, includes cleaning, laundry, keys, marketing. And everything. do you provide, for example, let's say the department otherwise is ready. I mean, it has the forks, knives, uh, yeah. pillows, uh, TVs and whatever else is, is relevant. But for example, do you provide an extra set of laundry or linen or the owner needs to have that uh, kind of prepared on the checklist? Uh, no, we, 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 like I said, we use our own linen. So okay, you use your own linen. Okay, yes. sorry, I missed that part. So. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah. So... The guests can always request an extra set. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we, hold, we have So all you that. said that when uh, for the villas, it might be less. So I guess it depends on the type of property. So the more luxurious or the more bigger or, you know, yes. a higher end, you know, it might be, you know, a little bit uh, less because obviously the revenue that you expect exactly. is, uh, is higher. Exactly. Yes. And before, because I see Camilla has a big question mark. She has five questions. She wants to shoot out before she does. <laughs> really? Can you see I that I know that we, we talked a little bit about the occupancy, but, you know, I mean, you would probably have calculated what's the average average annual occupancy that uh, any owner can uh, can wait, let's say, in, in that area where you operate. So... If we assume that the owner never mm -hmm. uses the apartment themselves, yeah. which majority of our clients do. do, but assuming that they don't, we would, and assuming mm -hmm. that, so very much the occupancy very much for us depends on the location and the okay. condition of the of the property. We see very similar properties in the same block, for example, Um But one has a renovated kitchen, renovated bathrooms, modern furniture. Because people look at the photos yeah. and they book, you know, they book the the, the holiday based on photos. Yeah. So we have they're similarly priced. They're in exactly in the same location. They have the same view, the same facilities. You know, on paper they have everything the same. However. The, obviously, the one that's renovated and that looks nicer has much higher occupancy than than the other one. So, actually, I have two more questions now. Number one, because you mentioned pictures, it's true that you know for a, for you know both for selling the property, renting the property. I mean, it's ABC. The pictures yes. are what sell the property. Yes. Do you do the pictures or do you take the pictures from the owner? Uh, no, we provide um, a, a professional photographer. So when you take a property on for yes, a short-term rental management and then that's also kind of included or the yes, owner has to pay uh, it's, separate? Yeah. It's included in the management fee mm -hmm. is a professional photographer. Yeah. And regarding the rates, do you take in consideration the owner's feedback or requirement, what he or she would want to charge for the rates? So how do you work out this? Uh, I mean, I, obviously you're going to have a proposal on what to price it with. Do you use dynamic pricing? Uh, let's say that if I'm like 100% sure that I don't want to rent it for less than X, Y, Z, like, you know, how do you deal with that? Uh, ultimately, it's up to the owner. Mm -hmm. 
we cannot force the pricing. Mm -hmm. We recommend the pricing, uh, especially if the property is in an area or in a complex that we already have other properties in, other similar properties in, we recommend to have the same pricing. Um, if if it's somewhere where we don't have other, other properties in, we recommend um, the pricing, but we also agree with the owner. So the, if the owner, like you said, if you say, well, actually, I want minimum that, mm -hmm. of course, we can do it, you know. And usually the owners do take our advice um, And and what we always say as well to any new um, owners that mm -hmm. come on board is the first year uh, we recommend not to overprice it. Yeah. Um, because, um, like I said before, with us, we have a lot of returning customers. So people come back to the, the properties they know and like. Yeah. So first year will be slower. Normal, and you need Always. the reviews, I get for, for you need I the guess, reviews exactly with zero reviews. Some people are more reluctant to book yeah. it, so you know, often we recommend to do, especially if they're in a competitive area with other properties, we recommend to do even a um, some sort of an initial discount. Maybe it doesn't have to be large, yeah. maybe even if it's five percent or five or ten percent for the first year, and that is something we also include in our, our package is marketing. Obviously, we have a mailing list. We can do promotions. Um, we can promote their property to can our mailing list. Can you please put me on your list? <laughs> I can. <laughs> But one question regarding the price, because I know there's a community called Jardines de Calahona, and you work yes. very strong there. And you shortly mentioned that before. Let's say one, both apartments are the same size. One is renovated and the other one is not there is a difference in price you ask per week? Um, currently, we have the same price for the same size apartments and uh, we constantly tell the owners, we encourage them to improve their properties. Yeah. Um, and they will see that their properties are not going to get booked as much as the renovated ones. Ah, but you still keep the same price because I remember we were talking about that. Yes. I had a, I sold one yeah. in that community and I asked you and that was a completely renovated one. Yes. And you explained me actually the, the yeah. price strategy and I thought, well, if an owner puts 50, 60,000 euros into the renovation, ideally he yeah. should ask or should be able to ask more money for the, for the property. If the owner wants to increase it, if they've invested heavily into yeah. the apartment, absolutely we can do it. At the moment... They are more, you know, if they are more or less mm. on par, we keep it the same. Mm -hmm. um, this enables flexibility for us um, in case we have you to need move to anybody. Change, yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually had a um, question because in the beginning when we talked a little bit about the platforms, you said that you have quite a big retention of uh, direct bookings and repetitive clients. So when... I have a property that I've given to Suncoaster to, to rent out on short term. And if the booking comes in through your direct website, is there a commission that I pay on that booking as well? Because usually, obviously, I assume that when it comes from uh, Verbo or Expedia, because I know you don't use Booking.com or Airbnb, there is another commission of 10 or 15%, you know, that's built into that rate. What about the bookings that come from your site? So the, the commission is always from our rate. Okay. So if, for example, a week uh, rents out, we rent the week out for a thousand euros, mm -hmm. you pay commission as an owner, you pay commission on that thousand euros. If we rent that same week out through VRBO, mm -hmm. the guests will pay 1,118 euros mm -hmm. because um, VRBO commission. Which you put on top there. But you will pay commission still on the thousand. Okay, and what's the commission that you pay on the bookings to on top of that? Or this is the 30% commission that includes the... So that's completely separate. The portal commission is, is completely You put it separate. always on top, so whatever the... We always the, put it on top, so yeah. the guests pays more. Okay, but then that's what I wonder, because, you know, obviously there is a difference. I mean, does it make a difference to me as an owner in my pocket if the booking comes in from Verbo or if the booking comes in through the Suncoaster? Not really. The only 
Do I still receive thousands on both cases? The difference is for the, that's how you motivate the clients to come directly from your booking. But yes. basically, Suncoaster makes money from this management fee or, you know, offering the short-term rental and charging the fee, but you don't make money from on bookings the, coming through your uh, no, website. So no. when you have a booking, for example, from booking.com that you don't use or a verbo, yes. let's say, and I paid 1200 and, you know, and, and then, you know, I'll come, I'll do the check-in, I'll get the keys from your office. You tell me that, listen, next time you book direct with us, you know, we have a better price. I pay 1000 yes. and then that 1000 goes towards, you know, the entire pile where you take 30%, let's say, your short-term yeah. rental management, but, you know, nothing on top, for example, from there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, with with the portals... Um, it's, 20, it's up to 20% average, more yeah, expensive, I are, think, you know. Yeah, I think... <laughs> There's Holidoo we use, and they're fifteen percent. So basically, they um, they take their fifteen percent and yeah, give yeah. us mm -hmm. the rest. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of talking about transparency, um, how can an owner be assured the property is being used um, accurately? What kind of reporting do you offer to the owners? And obviously, we know that you are a well-established company here on the Costa Sol, and you work based on trust. But we always hear these stories where someone is renting a property for an owner and then, oh, we got no rentals in four months. But then apparently the neighbors told uh, the, the owner, well, actually, it was pretty busy here. And we had so <laughs> many guests from Sweden. Yeah. So um, do you cover yourself uh, somehow? How do you explain the booking it's to a client? It's a difficult one because obviously, like you said, we we work based on and trust because our company has been there over 25 years and owners, we have owners who've been with us um, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, our booking portal um, is um, live at all times in terms of the calendar. So the owners can obviously see um, the calendar and see which days and weeks are booked out by just going on the website because it's all linked and it's all synchronized. Okay. Um, they every time there is a booking, we send them uh, the details of the client in terms the guests in terms of their name. Um, if we have their um, uh, passport number already, we send that um, where they're from and which portal or where the where the where the booking has come from. Um, they. It's it's like I said. It's very yeah. difficult to prove something, you know, that's not there. Yeah, but you're a big company and you're based yes, on your reputation. Yes, we are, we are or you need your. Exactly. No, I mean, if you have access to the calendar and then it says, you know, the property yes. is not booked, and then obviously, you know, you can always do your spot checks. I guess you know, yes, and friends absolutely. over go and check. Okay, if there is yeah. people there or not, you know. We are, you know, we are, like you said, we we are a, a company. We've been operating in that area for over twenty five years. We do everything by the book in terms of everything is declared. We declare all the bookings to, to the um, tax office. We don't do cash bookings, nothing, you know, sort of under the under the table. table yeah. Um, you know, everything is above board. So and because we've been doing it for such a long yeah. time, the owners trust us and that and we we work on that. We, you know, we, our work is based on that. Yeah. We already scratched a little bit the surface of that topic, but uh, I wanted to see which is the most successful properties in your portfolio. I mean, you already mentioned that obviously, you know, having the property renovated, you know, or, or modernized uh, to a certain extent, you know, is, is uh, beneficial. But are there any other characteristics which make a successful holiday property? And maybe, you know, you can talk a little bit, you know, from one side, you know, about Calahonda and, you know, from the portfolio that you currently have. But then we can also talk about it a little bit more generic, you know, what boxes, you know, to, to tick and what we each believe, because maybe our opinions are going to be different. That's going to be an interesting one to see. Yes. You know? um, so... In terms of our portfolio, the most successful apartments are um, the ones that are walking distance to the beach. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking of a particular apartment mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. that I know mm -hmm. that we have bookings until 2025 for wow. in the winter, bo mm -hmm. winter yeah. bookings. This is winter bookings. We have usually two German families competing they book before they leave, you know, for the following year. And if they can't get the following, well, I'll book for, for the following. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. 
Um, and the and of course through the yeah through the through the summer it's always booked. So how many bedrooms? It's two bedrooms and two bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Which community we might yeah. look for? <laughs> <laughs> stop it! Stop it's it now! Don't oh, ask Antares. it live. It's Antares. Ah. It is um, on second floor, and so it has amazing sea views. It is southwest facing. Mm-hmm. It is what ten minute walk to the beach. Yeah. And to the boardwalk, to restaurants, <laughs> supermarkets, etc. Um, uh, it's it's not the most modern, mm-hmm. actually, with character, but, but it is um, it is nice, mm-hmm. you know, nicely furnished, and the owner takes care of it. Okay. So this is a very big thing. We, ha- you know, sometimes I don't think. Well, there's there's bookings coming in. I don't really need to reinvest because mm. they'll book yeah. it. Uh, well, at least in the summer, they'll book it anyway. Yeah, the pictures still look good, right? Yeah. The pictures <laughs> yeah, from yeah, years yeah, ago yeah. look yeah, good. Yeah. People you get know, lazy. People yeah. um, who leave it to last minute. Somebody will book it sooner or later, and there's money coming in. Mm. I don't need to reinvest. I don't need to change curtains. I don't need to get new cushions. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, but owners where they when they come out, they say, "Actually, I'll change that light." Or yeah. You know, I'll buy a new bar- bar- nice gas barbecue or, you know, something. They look actually reinvest even a little, little yeah. bit. And this particular property, the... okay, let's say the owners won't come. How much occupancy you would get per year in percentage, more or less? I would, I mean, they do come. This is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> they come for like a month at a time sometimes because they're from Finland. Yeah. But I think... If they didn't come at all, I would comfortably say 80% at least. And could you give us an idea how much a property in Antares or in this sort of community would cost if you would buy it at today's market? Uh, yes, because I've just sold and one there, same as that one, uh, same block even. Um, that one was not renovated. That sold for two hundred and seventy-five thousand. A two-bedroom, two-bathroom. Two-bedroom, rent house, mm-hmm. beautiful Amazing and when we're talking about the uh, numbers, so based on your experience, because obviously, you know, the other place also the owners are using it. But when you do your, you know, calculations, because I assume when people want to put it to rent to say, OK, that's what you could potentially make in a in a year. What's the kind of rental revenue that you would be looking over there? I'm just talking rental revenue, not the profit or anything, but that will depend greatly on the on the person, you know. Yes. Again, it's just it. it it is very difficult to say, but I would comfortably say maybe if it's a nice apartment, mm-hmm. you know, I would say actual income. Mm-hmm. We've worked out before for some owners around about 20,000. Net. Net. Income after then the management the fees and everything, more yeah. or less. So, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Because that's the thing I always say that you don't buy here... Um, just the pure like uh, return on investment or the numbers or the percentage. A lot of people, you know, they buy emotion, they buy the opportunity to have a second home, to have a place to call a home and, you know, to enjoy the property themselves. A quick calculation when you say 20, so I guess that more or less it's about what, like 40k uh revenue on the on the thing yeah uh, because i you know most of my properties are in the on the east mabea but i think you know one of the things that i have to 100 percent agree with you is that when somebody asks me you know what makes a good investment property i always say you know first of all you know, determine your budget and your capability how much you have and then try to get as close to the sea as possible so you know if you know if you can't afford to buy you know and i always say obviously you know starting from the center let's say you know you, you start from mabeya but you know the properties on the seaside in mabeya you know are we're talking seven figures minimum right so you know if your budget is okay half a million you can probably still fit in the mabeya zip code if it's less you know then you know you, you just move out and you extend but try to stay as close to the beach as your wallet can basically afford you know yeah i also think that you know it's the the look and feel of the property you know the, the renovation part for sure but that said also it's like you know i think a lot of maybe the people that are listening to our podcast a lot you noticed oh, thousands <laughs> <laughs> no uh you know just to put it in a perspective when we say a new or a modern property i mean you know i think again i'm bringing comparison in estonia in my home country what means a new and modern is not the new and modern that people yeah. would expect over here. They still want the character and, you know, if the house and the building outside looks one way, you know, and then sometimes I even find it funny that, you know, you have urbanizations, you know, on the beach side that 
are from, I don't know, built on 1960s, 1970s. And then you go inside and you have this like Scandinavian minimalism, you yeah. know, and it looks like kind of so like it's not even inviting, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you still remember where you are, you know, respect the surroundings and create an experience around that. Right. Because you're selling, you're selling the story, you know. Um, but there is one interesting question that comes also to my mind is that, you know, the, the general rule is that the smaller the property, uh, the better return on the investment, uh, you know, for the, for um, the owners. So, you know, and I've, I own, I owned, you know, I know the experience of renting a studio apartment and I know an experience of renting a, a two bedroom apartment or three bedroom apartment, yeah. you know, and my you know, investment philosophy or let's say my uh, my style and where I want to expand. I want to have bigger chunks, less bigger chunks and cater to, you know, to to this rather because I, I do agree that, you know, the studios, the smaller units, they can have more turnover, they appeal to a lot more people and, you know, that's why you can make better money, you know. In the end, if, if you're looking at the return on the investment and go for the small property, I think, but for me it's also about the amount of work that needs to go in and the end client that you cater to. Do you agree that it's like what's the ideal size in your opinion? Because I think you know depends on what you're what you're looking. It, it does depend. I mean, I I, I still think the two bedroom uh, two bedroom is the sort of standard. Uh, the most the popular. really the optimum mm -hmm. sort of size, yeah. um, because you you cater for the biggest yeah. um, audience. Yeah, you get because obviously in the summer months. You get more families, so they need two bedroom. You know, one for the parents, one for the kids. Mm -hmm. In the winter months, we get the older people. They like to have the other bedroom. <laughs> they snore. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> you know, they like to have the other bedroom. Yeah. Um. Or they have. You know, they if they come for two months, they might have family mm -hmm. come and visit or friends come and visit. Yeah. Um. So they also like to have a two bedroom property. Three bedrooms, I think, already is you're really lowering the the the, the, the size audience of the audience mm -hmm. massively. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think exactly. So you know, if you're an investor that you know wants to you know get the most bang for the for the buck, you know, so called, and you know, it really is about you know return on the investment and you know what you can make on it, then you know go for the studio. Now, if you want to use the apartment, you know, occasionally yourself, and you know you have a wife and two children, then obviously good luck being in this studio, you know. But you know, for the rental purpose and the occupancy, I guess I agree that you know uh, for a two bedroom, it's the easiest one to cater. Yeah, but a studio also can be expensive or cheap. I think it depends a lot on the area. If you have a beachfront studio, oh, amazing. I mean, obviously you can can rent it. No, a lot. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the from the money perspective, like you know how much you make versus what you spend over there. No question that yeah. you know the CV, CV studio that uh, you know. Um, I've experienced the short-term rental, you know, makes the the best, but, you know, because that's also a strategy of, you know, you have to start from somewhere, you know, your budget determines everything. So, you know, if you no, can afford the studio, you go true. for the studio. But eventually I was trying to convert from smaller units to bigger. Yeah. But like I said, you know, two bedroom is the optimal one. You I know? think it is the optimal one. And this is what I decided to to buy as my first in investment property to rent. And I always thought two beds, mm -hmm. um, sea views. Okay, I don't really have walking distance because my apartment mm -hmm. is a little high up. Um, but I think this is the optimum and you speak to the most potential clients. Do you yeah. also have any unique like little uh, houses, houses versus apartments? So I'm not talking like, you know, your modern villas, but I'm talking like this because I assume the Calahonda I speak for the area for these chalets and townhouses mm -hmm. and things like this. How do you think they compare to renting in an apartment in an urbanization? Is this the charm for people to stay in a two bedroom townhouse instead of a two bedroom apartment? Uh, we, we actually don't have any townhouses. Mm -hmm. We have apartments and we have... Uh, villas, but you but don't be, want townhouses, or um, not necessarily. We we just don't you, have any. Okay. But in my opinion, people who want houses want private pools. Uh huh. So you'd have to price it right, mm -hmm. and you you really. I would recommend to, if there was a townhouse, I would recommend to price it more or less the same as an apartment. But that's very interesting because uh, that is also for me very good to know if someone is looking for a rental investment. Don't buy a townhouse, yeah? Or maybe focus more on an apartment because, or a house. Yeah, because... Interesting. You know, people who come, certainly with the Spanish, who, they um, the Spanish want houses and they want private pools. Yeah. 
But again, that depends. I mean, if the townhouse is priced like a two-bedroom apartment, then, then you know, go then, ahead yeah, and you I mean, have yeah, your garden course. and you have then your benefits. A it's a different yeah. profile. But usually, so. if you look at the sales price of a property, townhouses can be more expensive than uh, than, than, than apartments, apartments because usually also they are bigger. Yeah. So the so your return on investment yeah. would yeah, not yeah, be yeah. actually that yeah. high. Good point. Any other tips and tricks, you know, that um, that the owners should be looking at, you know, when they manage their properties, let's say on their own. I think, you know, you you mentioned already a lot of uh, good things, for example, you know, Verbo, you know, being a big caterer to the to the market, you know, certain amenities that you must have as a, as a property. Um, any other good advice for me and Camilla that we're doing it direct? <laughs> yes. Well, so it's different for you guys because you live here. Mm-hmm. But for anybody who doesn't live here, it can be a real headache because what happens if they, uh, the guests lock themselves out at three in the morning? They will call you in whichever country you're in. And what do you do then? Yeah. You have to then hopefully have a really good friend who loves you so much. I have a really good out, dog Smith that I love. <laughs> who, who will get out of bed um, and, and let them in with a spare key. In our case, they will. The guests will call us, and I have been in the office at three in the morning. Oh my god! Just the ones, mm-hmm. but ten, eleven o'clock. You know, because yeah, we have an emergency phone, a twenty-four hour emergency phone. We have people who have locked themselves out onto the terrace, oh, or yeah. who left the keys in. My in. mom did that <laughs> the last time. Called the bomberos. <laughs> well, we put we put little stickers on on those sort of um, ah, windows. windows but that's a clever one, yeah. actually. Please, you know? Don't lock because yeah, they lock themselves not, out yeah, yeah. without please the do phone. Not open from outside. So and that that actually has. Um, has curbed it a bit so we don't get it as much as we used mm. to um but you know because uh, we have spare keys in the office and because that's another reason we like to keep we like to contain the area quite small so it's easy for us yeah, to, to move just around nip mm-hmm. in the office get another set of keys and go let them in you don't have to call a locksmith to you know um yeah go through the hassle of breaking the, the lock or something yeah exactly yeah. so you know but if you are not here and you don't have a management company. Very difficult. It's very difficult. Or, you know, if there's a, a severe leak somewhere, you know, you have to have tradesmen at, you the know, service, yeah. you know, people you trust um, to to attend to any kind of eventuality. Um, for example, say something happens with the aircon in August. <gasps> If you just Nightmare. Google an aircon <laughs> company and phone them, they'll say, okay, well, I might be able to fit you in in two, two weeks' time. My know? worst nightmare. But we have a <laughs> we have a preferred partner that we work with. He will If he doesn't come same day, next day he will go, you know. Um, Would you consider, um, so, for example, someone wants to do the rental site themselves, like they do the pictures, they put the property on booking, Airbnb, on wherever, mm-hmm. And you just provide the check-in, check-out and cleaning service? Would that be something you do? Uh, Yes, we do. So we have some owners um, who, as well as doing the uh, renting through us, they also do their own direct direct through um, either Airbnb Mm -hmm. or booking. So, and, and... for example, if you give your apartment for us to rent, but you also you want to do because we don't use booking, you yeah. also want we can synchronize the. Okay, mm-hmm. so the link so it blocks out the calendar, so there yeah, is no so, miscommunication yeah, so there. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we can use iCal, mm-hmm. which synchronizes mm-hmm. with booking. So if you get a booking, it will block it mm-hmm. automatically. Um, and then in that case, yes, you can use our services to do the cleaning and mm-hmm. the keys. But you don't have to if you don't want to. No, you don't. For have example, to. so I'm just thinking also because here the good to. question and they actually. You, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but but we, I mean, for people like me and Camilla that have rental properties over here, and you know, we, let's say that you know I have it on Airbnb, and you know I'll do it, but then, you know, maybe I'm not. The, I'm not a professional. You know, maybe I'm not so good at it. You know, uh, you know, I could optimize. I could do the things. So you know, I could also look into working together with an agency to kind of fill the other month. So you know, because you said also that you know you have a lot of direct clients that say that that come, you know, in these winter months, you know, so that's, uh, that's also a way to, to optimize. What's your biggest learning curve in the industry so far? So you said you've been in this business for four years now over here. So what's the biggest, uh, you know, key takeaway from, from this four years, you know? I think what it is, and I, I, I actually thought about it that mm. a little bit. I think what I have learned is you cannot please everybody. 
Oh yeah, and, especially and that you business. Just Amen. To, <laughs> and you just have to accept the fact that you cannot please everybody, and there will always people who, you know, they they don't like something, and you cannot please all the guests, and equally you cannot please all the owners. You have to, and it is quite a sometimes quite an art to um, to to sort of make everybody happy enough if mm-hmm. you like um when the um when we might get a review or comments from the guests about a property um that it's run down or it could do with this or that or the other and we feed that back to the owner and the owners uh, a lot of the time they're very protective mm-hmm. of them you know they think it's the greatest of course um and then they go well you know you can't have a Taj Mahal blah 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 you know um and it's fine or whatever in their in their opinion yeah. and in this sort of finding that balance that um to you know to make sure that ev- at the end of the day everybody's happy uh, enough like you happy, said you know happy enough yeah exactly and i think that's you know because at first when you come into this you try to really you know, go with everything, you know, with people say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and do that. But you, you can't, you can't appease yeah. everybody at the end no, of the day. So. Especially if you have so many properties. So, Jana, well, thank you so much. And to all our listeners, if you're considering to rent your property in the area of Calahonda or between Riviera and Elviria, um, you will find Jana's or Suncoaster's contact details in the show notes and on social media. And there's one last question we like to ask our guests. And, um, your advice to anybody looking to buy an investment property that they want to lend out, what would you advise them? I would advise to speak to a professional um, before making that decision because what people like for themselves is not necessarily what is a good investment property or what makes a good rental property. Um, speak to a local professional agency even if you don't end up going with them, but just ask their opinion what would make a good rental property because they know the area, they know the types of properties. Um, so always ask for advice. Don't assume that you can make that decision yourself. That's, that's, that's my advice. Thank you so much. I think that was a very educational episode, you know. Very. learned quite a few things myself and can't wait to put it to practice. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for coming. And thank you to all much. the listeners, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.